0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: Fantasy Football Frenzy. There is no off-season fantasy football frenzy right here. On the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, 24-7, 365, the fantasy football, the hobby to Corey Barson, the fantasy executive, and the fantasy shamer, Tony Zincotta. Coming up on the program tonight, Tony, we're going to discuss second-year players. Dudes not in their first year no more, but their second year, obviously, we're getting ready for the upcoming rookie class. But tonight, we'll take some time to discuss dudes going into their second year. Tony Zincotta, how you doing, my man?
0: I'm doing good. We're absolutely right here. We're rocking it out, talking a little football. I'll tell you what, the action is starting to pick up in the NFL, and we get more and more stories each and every day. Uh, we've got different mock drafts coming out every day, and uh, people—they just never sleep when it comes to the National Football League.
1: Obviously, the elephant in the room when it comes to fantasy sports. So, we got you covered all off-season long, right here on the Frenzy. A couple of quick items of news note, uh, Tony. I think we um. We talked about it last week a little bit. Mentioned mentioned it. Jarvis Landry more than likely getting the franchise tag and going to. Um, it looks like appears to remain in Miami, even though it is talk at the Miami Dolphins. Even though they slapped the tag on him, could do something illegal in trading him.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's become a hot issue in the Kirk Cousins thing, uh, situation. Kirk, uh, of course, Washington came out. They said they might do the same thing, uh, which is against the rules. You can't franchise someone uh, with the expectations of not keeping them on their team. Um, so uh, Kirk Cousins said he will already uh, appeal if he's franchised, and Jarvis um, Landry, I'm sure, is going to do the same exact thing unless he's moved to a place he likes. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. be okay
1: <laughs> the Patriots, oh, I'm fine. It's cool. <laughs> 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 Tone. So in the situation with Kirk Cousins, though, he has more of a leg to stand on because they've tagged this man over and over again, not to mention the fact they brought in Alex Smith, so it doesn't look like they plan on keeping Kirk Cousins.
0: Uh, No. You know, uh, that's a real interesting. Of course, all the rumors now are the Jets going to pay him whatever he wants. So now we're going to see if Kirk Cousins wants to win or if Kirk Cousins wants to get paid. Uh, Because, of course, I think the best opportunity to win is the Minnesota Vikings. It looks like the Vikings, uh, based on some conjecture, uh, are open to maybe putting Case Keenum and A.J. McCarron and bringing them in and letting them battle it out and in other places, you know. If Kirk Cousins wanted to go there and he didn't want the big money, I'm sure they would. Uh, they would welcome him in.
1: No doubt about it. Obviously, he's put up the numbers. Not really put up the wins, especially when it comes to the postseason. But the numbers have been there the past couple seasons. So uh, I'm going to talk, uh, t- uh, talked on, touched on that story, Tony. Now we're starting to hear some news out of Indianapolis that Andrew Luck is looking positive. Heard that he's throwing a weighted football right now. So it looks like Andrew Luck. Systems are starting to look like a goal for the first time, and I, I would guess say almost forever.
0: I don't know though, right? Because this is the point where didn't we hear the same stories this time last year? Like he's going to be ready for for preseason. He'll be ready to go. <clears throat> Weighted football? Uh, is it? A, I mean, what is it? I mean, is it a paperweight? Is it a is a cotton ball? I mean, I, we. You want to think it's in the right directions, but if you go back a year ago and you looked at the same notes, they're all the same. This is true. Now, he's supposed to be working with a couple of these quarterback gurus, the guy that worked with
1: Peyton Manning after his injury, to get back in order. So, But I do think, Tony, this is some more positive news than we have heard kind of the past, couple of year, the past year or so, because at no point in the past year was he throwing. Now we're hearing that he is at least doing some throwing. Of course, a setback could be the problem right here.
0: I'll tell you right now, and the other thing that's crazy about that whole situation um, is that they talked about him having a, another surgery, and he said, no, that's not a consideration. But they did they did mention in one of the reports that there was fragments in the shoulder, and I don't, i don't know exactly uh, what the extent of that is. You're not Dr. A? No, not Dr. Hey,
1: Man, you takes know, more doc- European vacations than
0: Greg Sussman. You know, it's crazy when you... Uh, when you become a doctor, like, life gets easier, it seems like, right? <laughs> like, all you kids out there, if you want to, you know, go to school for 10 years and become a doctor, 20. life gets easier.
1: <laughs> 20 years, Tony.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excuse me. So, yeah, looks like things are starting to Dr. pick up. Dr. Roto, though, how many Different years did guy. you go to school? I don't know if Dr. Roto actually went to school for doctoring, to be honest with you, Tony, 100%, full disclosure. I think that might be a radio name. Oh, okay. He's uh, he's he's. Get out your copay. Get out your insurance cards. Get out your copay. That now coming to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. <laughs> so, uh, glad to have Adam Ronis and Doctor Roto with the Scout Fantasy Team. Uh, do you feel like we've walked? We've welcomed back family, Tony.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I worked with those those guys and Doctor Roto. We had a good show. It's on It was not always uh, you know, status quo no. with that show, but. It was a good show. It was,
1: pl- it was it it was it was a good show. The uh People it wasn't out always the commercial pleasant. breaks. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be the theme. Back
0: in those days at Sirius XM, I remember I used to do the shows with uh Cheon and, and uh, uh, Phil Backett in the weekends, too. If they ever just sold the commercial breaks, that would have been the hottest thing in the, in the radio.
1: Yeah, I always said the commercial breaks over on on that side in those early years were better than the programming that was put on the radio. And there was some very good programming on the radio. So, so <laughs> let's get ready to hop in and talk about some second-year players. And I want to start at the top with the guy that's going in the first round, the uh, rookie of the year, Alvin Kamara. I don't want to say this came out of nowhere, but we definitely not expected to, be, uh, to see this. And I think this type of back is what is trending to in the NFL now. But when you look at what he is in fantasy football tone, I, I as long as Drew Brees resigns and Sean Payton and the whole crew is back, which is nothing to believe with that's not going to happen. He should go in the middle of the first round of fantasy football drafts, especially in the PPR
0: format. No, that's how I was going to say. I, I mean, I don't know if... Football certainly locked into this, but I think uh, PPR, Fantasy Football Leagues, are locked into this type of back. And the one thing that's interesting to me, though, for Alvin Kamara, is that how much opportunity that this kid got in the running game. And that's the difference from what we've seen from these guys that have been great pass catchers in the past. As the season went along, he got more and more involved in the running game. He started out in Week 1, With seven rushes, then one, two, and five. So he wasn't – that first game was there, but one, two, and five, you know, what's going on here? But then it took off in week six. Ten rushes, nine, eight, ten, twelve, 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 nine. So it tops off at 12 rushes for him, and he had four games of that, which was very good for a pass-kitchen back. And then he had – as far as receptions go, he had a ten-reception game in week four, and then he's right there at five and six every game. I mean, those are plays that are going to be there. So if you get a PPR running back, think about this, that's going to get 12 carries a game and six catches a game. Those are right around the standards, right? Yep. How do you not make him a first-round pick?
1: Yeah, you got to do that, Tony, the usage is too much, especially in PPR. You know who he really took a big chunk out of that people were high on coming into probably until sometime around late August? I feel as if. The work that Kamara got in the
0: passing game rendered Willie uh, Willie Sneed useless. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Will, that's going to be interesting to see what happens there next year with Willie Sneed. Because when he first broke onto the scene and put up some numbers, most people didn't think that he was anything special. And he just you know, happened to be in that offense. And then people started to like him. And then he was obsolete last year. And we started seeing uh, Brandon Coleman actually look a little bit better than we we thought that when we anticipated two years ago, and when he was a, a bust. And they haven't had a tight end there uh, for a while that you could rely on in New Orleans. See if that changes. I think this offense is is actually going to be something to look out and see how they play in preseason. Uh, Is everything going to be Ingram or Kamara? And then, of course, throwing to the one wide receiver out there, or are they going to develop a guy like Willie Snead or someone out of the uh, slot uh, that can actually make this offense even bigger than it is?
1: Interesting to see how that situation is going to play out. Obviously, Drew Brees needs to be back in total. We do expect that to happen. Reports came out that... Uh, Breeze's team, along with the Saints uh, team is supposed to meet, coming up at the NFL Combine in a few weeks from now. Another guy that'll be at the top of the draft boards to go in the first round Tony is Kansas City Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt. Now listen, I'm not too worried about Hunt per se, but people are going to overrate this second year quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. He's going to get a shot to be the the guy, but you got to think the steady hand of Alex Smith is no longer going to be there. That very well could have you know, led to a lot of the success for Kareem Hunt. Now with this gunslinging second-year quarterback who hasn't really played meaningful games in the NFL, do you think this is going to hurt Hunt's value or will you still think he's locked into the middle of that first round in 2018?
0: I think he's still a first round, but I think there's, there's some reason for concern because mm. any time you take a running back and any time you're playing fantasy football, the six points for a touchdown – is the variable that puts you over the top. That's the variable that makes you a first-round pick or a third-round pick. I mean, if you get a guy like Javis Landry, who's one of the top pass catchers in in fantasy football for the longest time, he's a third-round pick because he never got in the end zone. You need those six points to be there. And if this Kansas City offense struggles, uh, I think we could have a situation there where they don't get as many touchdowns, and that's going to impact Kareem Hunt.
1: No doubt about it. It definitely is. I think... I think what we know from Andy Reid, that the workload and the uses is going to be there through 75% of the season. And then he'll have a three or four week stretch where he'll go away from him. So we already know this is going to come, Tony. But with that being said, I still do think he's locked into that first round. Um, It's going to be interesting because I think pieces like Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey could be overdrafted, not really knowing what this second year quarterback is going to bring. We've heard about his health-skeleton mentality and the gunslinger style. But how do we know Andy Reid does? It? Have you ever really seen that kind of quarterback in Andy Reid's system? Uh, Donovan McNabb. I wouldn't say McNabb. Hmm, maybe so. McNabb, you're right. Didn't really play it straight, but he, he was he was more aggressive than guys like Alex Smith and stuff like that. I would say. Oh,
0: no, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You look at Donovan McNabb though. He would he would run out of the pocket a little bit, but he you know as his career went on, like a lot of. Uh, like a lot of uh, a great quarterbacks, the problem is you um, you, you end, up, end up getting more in the pocket there. And as a rookie, though, you look at one receiver and then you take off when you have that kind of ability. It'll be interesting to see if he's one of those guys that does that.
1: All right, dear. Another running back uh, going into their second year, Tony, Leonard Fournette. My thing is I think he's going to live on the back end of the first round. I probably would like him on the turn. If I go running back, running back, I would want him as an RB two. Likely not going to happen like that unless you get him for cheap in the auction format. I think we know what he is, but you know he's also going to miss three or four games. Are you willing to take that risk on a player that's going to risk that's miss three or four games?
0: Yeah, based on your fifteen uh, team draft, uh, your fourteen team draft that you were in and that we broke down a couple weeks ago, uh, you guys could go and uh, look that up on iTunes. And um, subscribe to the show so you guys get this to your device each and every week. I would take him at 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. I I certainly would take him there. And I think that because if you look at it from our – except for those elite first three backs, I think this guy has the ability to have the most touchdowns. Probably him and Melvin Gordon, right, Mm -hmm. are the guys that you would think would get into the end zone uh, there. The offensive line, they could help out if they drafted a first-round offensive lineman. Uh, so we'll see what happens in the draft. But I, he even caught the ball, though. As the season got later, he was catching five or six balls a game.
1: Yeah, no, you definitely do like the skill set and the talent. I just would warn owners, I think everybody would be smart enough that when you go to look in that situation in, in round number one or early possibly round number two next year, make sure you take into account when you project out what you think that uh, Leonard Fournette will be you put in place a situation that there will be three or four games missed. The young man's never really going to be a back that's going to give you a 16-game season. If he did, watch out for that one right there. But still, to respect, good numbers from Leonard Fournette, even though you probably won't get a full 16-game season. More than likely, the next second-year player to go off the board when you talk about the running back tone is going to be Christian McCaffrey. We like the 75-80 receptions, but the little t- the tick over 3.1 uh, yards to carry – is not really something I'm looking for. Then you bring in North Turner, and you change up kind of the scheme and the offense he was in, in his rookie year. I don't know how much Christian McCaffrey I'm going to own next year. It's in 2018 tone, to be honest with you.
0: I'll tell you right now, um, there's no way that I would own much of Christian McCaffrey because I think he's just going to get drafted too early. Uh, you talked about North Turner, so we have a change in the offense that we got to try to figure out. Uh, that's one thing. Second thing is that all of a sudden now Jonathan Stewart's out of the picture. Who is that other back uh, that's going to come in if Jonathan Stewart's cut like many people believe? Mm-hmm. And then where do we go from there? So I think there's too many moving dynamics to feel comfortable there, and I, I've got to make the move.
1: Yeah, I think so too, Tone. Now, North Turner's system has been known to be one of the features running backs out of the backfield, But we didn't really see too much of that in his last stop in Minnesota. Now, with that being said, Minnesota, they had Teddy Bridgewater at the quarterback. This is a situation where you have a more experienced veteran quarterback in Cam Newton. I don't know, Tone. There's a lot of things about this situation that just says kind of stay away from Carolina Panthers. I felt the same way going into this year. You know, you still had guys put up big seasons like Cam and, you know, Christian McCaffrey with that high catch number. And that catch number could very well duplicate. I'm just going to be more... When I'm in that, he's probably going to go to, on that 2-3 turn, maybe even the middle of the second zone. When I'm in that area, I think I'm going to be looking a different, in a
0: different direction. Uh, time to go elsewhere there. And, you know, it's funny because we saw two years ago Theo Riddick drop off after 76 uh, catches, and then, you know, he got an opportunity to be the every down back in Detroit, and he couldn't be the same player. Like, And that's the thing with that low yards per carry with McCaffrey what does he end up becoming? Is he a back that was worthy of the ninth pick in the draft in going in the first round, or is he just a glorified third down back? Interesting to see how it plays out. I know our buddy Matt Medica be back in on him, though, Tone. I guarantee you that one. Are you one of these guys, like, it's funny. Like, well, you take the situation there, right, that you look at it, and to me, there's no way I would draft McCaffrey and think he's every down back um, this year, but are you one of these guys that like 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 with Medikus? You know, he touted him, and he says, "I'm gonna stick by him." Do you stick through him thick and thin? And then you know, after four years, you say, "Uh, I guess I was wrong." No, I'm not
1: gonna. I listen. I'm I'm, I'm on a year-to-year basis, Tony. I can be on a week-to-week basis when it comes to these players. So. I think it's, it's, it's no love lost to me in any of these players. I'm willing to um to jump off them if the situation dictates. Some guys I'm willing to ride in a little bit hot if I if I feel real strong about it. Much like Isaiah Crowell last year, you know, guys like Scott Engel will bring it up and it will haunt me in that light. But you know, I did the Yeoman's work preparing Scott for the 2018, fan, 2017 fantasy football season in which he was successful.
0: Yes, yes, yes. You know, everybody needs a little help now and then. And Scotty, I was Scott's blue it. pill. Yeah, you were you were that, and, um, you know, he, he rose to the occasion <laughs> for the time in
1: many years. As he said himself, his most significant fantasy football victory ever, and that's coming from a guy that's been playing for over 20 years, so definitely good to see that right there from the king, one Mr. Scott Angle. Talk about these second-year players, Tony. You know, <clears throat> when you look at some of these guys and you try to project a possible breakout – I think when you look in the recent years, you would go to Melvin Gordon, who did not have that real successful rookie season, but was able to come back in that second year and put up numbers, touchdowns. And we've seen his game grow each and every year since. So we're going to try to find some of those diamonds in the rough. I want to focus a little bit on the tight end position and start to talk some wide receivers when we come back. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, Tony Cicada, the fantasy football frenzy on FNTSY Radio. 844- 84 FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day. Fantasy Football Frenzy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Executive and Tony Sincotta. Talking about second year players as we start our countdown to Fantasy Football 2018.
0: You know one thing I was thinking during the commercial break? I'm curious. Uh, In the background of a Girls Gone Wild video, who would you be more likely to see? Paul Spora or Al Malkior? Interesting. In the background of a Girls Gone
1: Wild video, who would you be more likely to see? Paul Spora or Al Malkior? I'm going to go Al.
0: I'm going Al, too. Yeah. I, think Paul's I think it's easy, Al, to be honest with you. Yeah, Paul's crunching numbers, man. keeps crunching numbers. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Paul is crunching numbers. You're right. Al, on the other hand, the numbers can wait, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, I don't know the football equivalents of uh, those two guys. Like football, we have them, but I'm they, sure we do. Yeah, they get they get out a little bit. I think. Would, would,
1: you, would you say Mike? Would you say yeah? Maybe that's for football. He's, maybe that's Mike Clay and and uh, Bob Harris.
0: Well, Mike Clay at least uh, reproduced.
1: Yes, he, he he has. Mike Clay has reproduced. This is correct. Very yeah, good.
0: As far as we know,
1: actually. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> it's funny the things you think about in the break, Tony.
0: Yeah. What's wrong with me? I don't know. Yeah,
1: interesting. You know what's going to be interesting for 2018? What's your fantasy owners do with Joe Mixon? He was a lot right. of hype, a lot of rage coming into the 2017 season. Of course, our guy, the all-in kid, Jake Seeley, uh, was very big on him in one draft. He even took him in round number two. Um, a lot of talent. A lot of ability, but we really didn't see it flash too much in year one. Now you want to blame, remain optimistic, blame the offensive line. Situation likely going to be the same as far as Marvin Lewis coming back, the scheme and stuff like that tone. But this team don't have enough money to pay offensive linemen. So what do we really expect from Joe Mixon? I'm willing to take a gamble on Mixon and jump back in, but I want to do it at the right price.
0: Right. All right. So this is interesting. Last year, I had on every team Mark Ingram, and I picked him in the fifth round. It got to a point where it's like, you know what? People are solid on this guy. Adrian Peterson was signed. Let me, let me take a shot here. I think Joe Mixon's going to be about a round earlier because they don't have another running back there that could be. So I think it's about the fourth round. And I think, you know what? He's worthy of that pick. But the problem I have with is that sometimes we don't analyze these players on anything but athletic ability. Mm. I kind of wonder if this guy has any brains in his head to be have the mentality to be a superstar or if you need it. Because, I mean, he made some comments last year when they weren't giving the ball. And, like, he knew it was going to get him the doghouse more. And any, you know, he goes out there and he doesn't deliver. Uh, and then the offensive line's bad. Like, this whole team, if I never drop the Cincinnati Bengal, I'll be okay. Because even A.J. Green gets frustrating at times.
1: Yeah, A.J. Green, obviously, we've seen a situation in this, uh, this past season where, I think that team is just frustrated, Tony, to be honest. But yeah. they got some frustrated pieces. Marvin Lewis, obviously not the voice of that locker room right now, even though they keep bringing him back. But this is a team that doesn't want to pay anybody, Tony, and that's just the bottom line of it.
0: No, and, and you look at it three and a half yards per carry, right? Three and a half yards per carry. He did have thirty-four targets. which he caught thirty balls out of thirty. I mean, no, that's good receiving numbers, right there. So the guy can catch the ball out of the backfield, and this has been an offense that has thrown to the balls in the backfield. So to be honest with you, if I'm right and he goes in the fourth round, I think he's a little underrated.
1: Really interesting. You find him underrated, so even with that low yards per carry, you're looking at the pass yeah. catching ability and the fact that he has the job to himself. Would you would you who would you, who would you rather have him or, or, or McCaffrey?
0: I'll have McCaffrey. I just mm-hmm. think the upside's bigger there with McCaffrey. Uh, but if it's Chris, if I'm having a Christian McCaffrey in round two and a Joe Mixon in round four, like if you give me that like in a keeper league and I had those two options, that's tough. That's tough. That's really tough. I probably still go McCarthy, but I, I think I would flip flop like I was, uh, like uh, like I was Mitt Romney during an election.
1: Yeah, you would go both sides of the fence.
0: Yeah, go ahead and play like both like one day ways. to the next. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> go ahead and like you change your shoes. So that that that's interesting, and I think that's going to be a discussion. He's a name to keep an eye on as we get closer to OTAs, training mini camps, and training camps, and get ready for the 2018 season. Uh, another running back, Tony, I think is going to be interesting. I don't have a list in front of me, so if I forget somebody, uh, please bring them up. I think this new offense in Chicago might be a good thing for Tariq Cohen. We saw Tariq Cohen flash at times, especially early in the season. Definitely a guy that has could have some PPR appeal. Not the biggest back, not going to get much between the tackle work, but he's the type of player, Tony, you can't hit what you can't catch. His speed makes him a very dynamic, interesting player, don't you think?
0: He does, but I get scared because they have a good back there. And I just don't, like, if it got later in the draft, like, I think what you just said, everyone's going to talk about. Like, we have these shows, and everybody listens to these football shows. Yep. And I think we're going to push this guy up the board on hope. On hope. Like, he'd be the guy that I would be uh, sprouting a branch if I got in the seventh round and think I could get upside. But all of a sudden, we start talking about up to the fourth or fifth round, and we're That's still picking talk. on upside. It's yeah. too early. That's crazy talk and, right there. Yep, I agree. And it gets to an Howard there. So I think it all comes down to what it cost me there. Because, yeah, I'm not debating the kid's athletic ability, but I'm debating that Chicago offense. I'm still – I get in this uh, discussion today with uh, the king. Oh, God. I think Mitchell Trubensky's not good. I agree. I don't think he was worthy of the second pick. And I said that if Javis Landry ended up in Chicago, he'd be having a downgraded quarterback. I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill. And he did, he disagreed with me, but Scott he don't hates like everything Ryan Miami.
1: Yeah. What's that? You're right. Scott hates like, He hates Ryan Tannehill, and you're correct. He hates everything Miami. I don't know. Yeah. Something must so have happened I, to him when he lived down there.
0: <laughs> Sometimes Scott, no matter where he goes. <laughs> um, so. I, in the right offense, yes, and not knowing, yes. So if I get later in the draft and, and I'm going to target Tariq Cohen, yeah, absolutely. But I got a feeling, and, and there's always players like this, we talk up, and they go flying up draft boys, and I think he's going to be the guy. Interesting. Especially on this channel. I mean, you're going to hear Madika talk about him all the time, and you guys talk about him, and then Greg Sussman's going to talk about him. I mean, it's going to be out of control.
1: Yes, it certainly will be. Tony, I think if Dalvin Cook didn't tear his ACL, I think he'd led the NFL in rushing this year.
0: Oh, I don't know. You could be right, but I don't know. He like, kind of
1: was on that pace.
0: He got off to that, but uh, again, we, we talk about a small sample size, right? His offense got and, better
1: as the season went along. You got to think he'd have been a big part of that.
0: How much of that... He would have run the ball without the court with the way the quarterback situation is. Like he would have got a lot of attempts, but we had we would have had a two back backfield too at some point, right? I, don't, I, I think he was
1: going to be able to. I think he'd have held McKinnon. I think he would have held those two backs off, McKinnon and Murray. That's
0: how yeah, they that's was it, but, using him
1: when the season started. He was being featured.
0: Well, Latavius Murray wasn't healthy though when the season True. started either. True. So and Latavius Murray played good when he was in there. Like so, that, I don't know how that dynamic would have worked out with two big backs there, and, and Jarek McKinnon um, there. So that uh, that's the whole problem. There. And they paid money to get Latavius Murray in there. Um, I, would you pick him in the first round? I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch the him. I, would t-
1: I wouldn't pick him in the first round. I want him on the two three turn. I don't know if I'm going to be able yeah. to get him on a two-three turn, but if I can get him on a two-three turn, I'll jump on the talent alone. I worry about the injuries. The Rumors reported that there's Dr. He said it could be very well be a microfracture in that knee also. But I did see some Instagram video with him up and running already uh, in yeah. the gym, getting in shape. So it looks like he's recovering fine. Obviously, when we get to OTAs and minicamp, we'll know more. Somebody to stick a microphone in his face. Matter of fact, somebody to put a microphone in his coach face when they get to the combine. But I I do think he's a top elite talented running back, Tony. I I worry about – I think McKinnon's gone. Murray will still be there. I worry – I'll be honest with you. I worry about the injury.
0: If Murray's there, I don't think you can make him a first-round pick. Okay. What about the 2-3 turn? Uh, It's close. But here's the problem. Again, it's the same thing as Christian McCaffrey. And actually, it's more pronounced. I think Latavius Murray gets the goal line carries, right? Okay. And then there's no way Dalvin Cook gets as many catches as Christian McCaffrey. No. So what do we have now? If we have a guy that's going to you the got, Lin-
1: got, got You got Leonard Fournette without the goal line work.
0: Right. Uh, 1,200 yards and four touchdowns. Does mm-hmm. that equal? Does that equal? Uh, the 2-3 you know, turns? Yeah.
1: I think you it's can gonna do It's going to be that. close. Yeah, I think
0: you can like, do it. Like, I would – if if Murray stays there, um, I think when I look at the running backs there and I look at the guys that I would, would consider, would you take Mark Ingram or Dalvin Cook? I would take
1: – every situations, all situations the same, I would take Mark Ingram over Dalvin Cook. Uh,
0: And then um, what would you do as far as – That's one of those uh, things,
1: Tony, I would flip on that one. One draft I would take Ingram, the next draft I would take Cook.
0: And how about Melvin Gordon?
1: I would take Melvin, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's a rock solid first rounder. It's only a few running backs I would take before
0: Melvin Gordon. See that see that that's why I think yeah I think he's gonna slide down a little bit. I think Dalvin Cook will slide down a put, little bit. Put Cook in that
1: same conversation with Ingram and Freeman.
0: Ingram and Freeman. Uh, I would take I would take Freeman over Dalvin Cook. And it's close, but I would. And then Ingram, I'd probably go Cook because I think Alvin Kamara's, you know, he could be better in his second year.
1: Yeah, that's true, too. Interesting to see how that one to play out. I think those guys are going to be bunched up a lot. Uh, Dalvin Cook and uh, Devontae Freeman, matter of fact, I believe they were air appearance at Florida State University tone. Uh, trying to think of the other running back name uh, that was supposed to make a splash in 2017, really didn't see much. What was the what was the young man's name in Washington again? Sam Piron. Yeah. Oh, yeah wait, what, uh, I kind of feeling we're going to get talked up on Sam Piron. I think I'm going to be staying away.
0: Really? See, this is weird to me. Sam Piron was talked up so much last year, By and Scott then he disappointed. Angle. Yeah. <laughs> and then he disappointed people. And I actually think he played better than what people actually give him credit for. I mean, you look at it, he ran for 3.4 yards a carry, but nobody ran the ball really well. But the surprising part was he caught the ball pretty well out of the backfield. He had 22 catches uh, in a limited time. And, of course, that's going to be Chris Thompson's uh, job there. Uh, But he had games in Week 11, 23 carries, 117 yards against the Saints, against the Giants, 24 for 100 uh, there. Those were the games that were back-to-back weeks. He
1: needed that volume, though, Tony. Yeah, well, after that...
0: After that, he never had 3.2 yards of carry the rest of the year.
1: Yeah. Maybe I'll take a flyer in the double-digit rounds. can he be this year's Melvin Gordon?
0: No. DC i, 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 I got to be honest. I think the Redskins are going to try to address that running back situation.
1: I think so, too. I think it's a, I think it's a position to need especially when you bring Alex Smith in there. I think that shows a commitment to try to get a little bit better offensively. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Sam Piron this year.
0: Sam Piron, I'll didn't, tell you what. Was, that was, he, that another was Oklahoma guy. guy. Those Oklahoma guys running backs not a good year for.
1: No, they didn't. They, they came out the gate uh, kind of flat. <laughs> That's not good, Tony. You don't want to come out the gate that way. You want to be bringing it strong right out the top, especially when you start a new job. That's essentially what the NFL is, a new job.
0: Yeah, long and strong, people. That's the way to be successful in life, come out long and strong.
1: (laughs) You're right, Tony. Very good uh, summary uh, by you. I want to talk about some of these tight ends, uh, too, Tone. But before I get into that, I do got a couple more running backs that I want to run by you. Uh, Jamal Williams did impress a little bit when he was able Mm. to get the opportunity in Green Bay. Ty Montgomery rumored to be going back to wide receiver this year. Do you think Jamal Williams is fit for that
0: job? Yes, 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 yes. You know,
1: sound like you be here's a
0: guy with no. He's no upside, right? But mm-hmm. he's the guy you pick in the fourth, fifth round that you could. You know what? You don't mind starting four, five, six, seven weeks because he's going to get you thirteen fantasy points as a flex or a number two running back. But he's never going to score you 22. Like, that's never going to happen in that offense. Um, there. Do you prefer him and, over
1: Aaron Jones?
0: Yeah, I do. But I think they're both going to play, and that's why I think the upside's limited there. I think we're going to see both backs in the mix there. But I think he's going to be the one uh, that gets the goal line carries and has the opportunity.
1: Interesting uh, talk right there. What do you think they do in San Fran? Is Matt Breida a plus side of a timeshare or do you think they get it back in there to make breeder the negative side of the timeshare or do you think his status quo would uh would, would call they bring back Hyde and also keep and also get breeder up to speed
0: no i think he's the negative side of the timeshare um and they're gonna have a situation there where i'm real interested to see what they what they do if they have uh a situation where they have a guy in mind Or they're going to come and go uh, within. Because remember, last year it was crazy. You never know what to believe because we heard all these Carlos Hyde rumors. And, you know, he ended up being there. He ended up playing well uh, when he gets the opportunity. But the one name we heard about was Joe Williams. Is this a real guy? Is it a real deal?
1: Remember Joe Williams, Tony? Kyle Shanahan was banging his hands on the table to draft Joe Williams. Yeah. We were banging our hands on the draft boards to draft Joe Williams. Joe Williams didn't bang back, Tony. (laughs) Fantasy football frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. we continue to talk of upcoming second-year players when we come
0: back on the other side. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app.
1: FNTSY Radio. No off season on the network. Fantasy Executive and Tony Sincata. Glad you're joining us throughout the off season. Keep downloading on your favorite podcast provider. Fantasy Experts in the palm of your hand. I
0: feel like we're in a rap battle right now.
1: And the pocket of your khaki. Why is that, Tony? Oh, you heard the music in the background. You thought I was about to spit oh, some, some ball. Is- a hot 16.
0: Yeah, this is a, like a take, man. Like, we should start rapping and then get out our posses and go to war. There's <laughs> no reason for drive-bys, Tone. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Like, um, I-, I would like to do a drive-by with squirt guns. You know, I don't want to get really uh Yeah, you hostile. don't want to go to
1: jail, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah,
0: let's squirt gun and maybe get, like, a fabulous, like, group of uh, hot over 18 women and uh, have white t-shirts on and squirt them with squirt guns. Uh, but that's probably a fantasy more than reality. That'd be fun, though. Yeah. You can fun. always dream. You got to dream big if you're going to dream at all.
1: Having discussions about second-year players right now and what to expect from them in 2018. They
0: should dream big.
1: As they enter their sophomore campaign. You're right, Tony, because some of them can use an uptick. So, Tony, you remember when we were back on our mothership and we had the great program, the Fantasy Funhouse? Yes. I have some Fantasy Funhouse-style trivia for you. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Tony? All Let's right. Let's get fired up. In 2017, there were seven rookies that had over 50 receptions. I repeat the question. In 2017, there were seven rookies that had over 50 receptions, Tony.
0: Well, the first one's a guy we've been talking about forever on this show. It has to be my man, Christian McCaffrey, who's not really my man, but... Sounds good. So I'll go with him as number one.
1: 80 receptions for Christian McCaffrey definitely knocked it down right there. Tony Christian McCaffrey is second in rookies and receptions, though.
0: Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah, second. He's one of he's them, a, but he's
1: he's the he has yeah, 80 he, was the was the second highest number of rookie receptions
0: because he's a running back, right? Isn't so amazing, uh, isn't it? Yeah. So we've got to think of a wide receiver that came in. And I uh, got it done. I, um, I'm going to go with, um. how about, Jesus, I almost said a guy that was a second-year player, not a first-year player, and that would have been a big mistake. That would have been a mistake. Um, How about, Jesus, I got a brain freeze. I'm, uh um. Who the hell could it be? I'm thinking of all the guys. If any rookie of the-
1: would have caught over 80 passes, Tony. I mean, you can name Eight. any of them right now. Yeah. But if you want to get the guy that's number one.
0: Well, that's what I'm thinking okay. of, the guy who's number one. And I I, uh, I, can't think of a rookie that would have caught 80 passes. In my, I must have been a brain freeze there.
1: I don't think so much that you're having a brain freeze, Tony. I think that you're thinking about the wrong position.
0: Oh, you think it was another running back? Another running back that could have caught 80 balls? Or tight end? Oh, am I missing it? There is it a tight end? Uh, I I don't know who it is. All
1: right, it was a running back, Tony. Alvin Kamara had eighty. Oh shit! You know what? He's so good at it. I don't even think of him as a rookie. You forgot he was a rookie. I knew. I knew that's what you was going to say. How about both guys that led rookies in receptions were both running backs?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this the Kamara thing though is. You're not going to expect anyone to catch 81 balls, but you knew he was going to be part of that offense, and you knew you heard that he was going to catch the ball. At this rate, we never thought he was going to be this good and put together that many catches. But yeah, he's the real deal. And in fact, like I feel so much more comfortable than him than Christian McCaffrey. Like I feel like they're worlds apart to me. All right, now
1: with the rest of the list, there is one tight end, two running backs, and two wide receivers.
0: All right. So, um, uh, you know, that was the other thing too. I was thinking of rookies and not second-year players. I forgot I forgot the uh the name of the show.
1: Yeah. What well, are second-year players now?
0: Michael Thomas.
1: No, well, Michael Thomas would be a third-year player.
0: Oh, cuz yeah, yeah, We're, we're blah, already blah. in
1: 2018 season, Tony. So, we we're, we're thinking about last year's rookies. Last year's
0: rookies. Last year's last year's rookie, second-year player. Um, last year's rookie, um, Jesus Over 50 will. receptions. Two running backs, two
1: wide receivers, and one tight end. Well,
0: one was a tight end. I know I know one now. I was thinking of one. Uh, Evan Ingram.
1: Evan Ingram of the New York Giants was third in rookie receptions with 64 pass catches. I think he's a guy that's going to be drafted as a top five tight end, Tony, this year. Maybe even a top three tight end, and I don't have no problem with it.
0: I don't either. It, 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 I especially feel like it goes both ways, but how do you feel? With a healthy Odell? You get Odell back, right? I think it helps him. And then the receiving's are going to be better because the receivers were never there. He could actually be better than he was last year.
1: I agree. I think he could have a big year. He's going to be a player that I'm willing to invest on at the right slot. I would want him in round six. I would consider pulling the trigger in round five very hesitantly, though.
0: And then, of course, the white guy with street knowledge, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup Uh, comes in with 62 uh, receptions.
1: He's our first Wide receiver, there is Cooper Cup right there, who Scott Angle so led rookies. Dest- uh-huh. He led rookie wide, wide receivers in receptions. Mm. Cooper Cup, how about that?
0: That's a, that's a little crazy. That's uh, not something that I anticipated uh, coming into the, the season. Like, I drafted him on a couple teams, and Scott Angle was uh, uh, jumping on him. But if you told me that he would have led all rookies and wide receivers, I probably wouldn't have got that.
1: There you go, right there. So now we have one wide receiver, two running backs.
0: Uh, one wide receiver, two running backs left. Huh? One wide receiver, two running backs. Um, oh, what's his name the wide receiver? Um, Juju Smith-Schuster.
1: Juju Smith-Schuster, 58 receptions in 2017. He burst Didn't onto the scene in his rookie campaign, mainly due to poor performance by Martavis Bryant. It looks like that number two wide receiver role belongs solidly to Juju Smith-Schuster in Pittsburgh now. Or do you worry about the change in offensive coordinator?
0: No, I don't I know the kid he's better than I thought. Like he was a guy that came in with USC with a lot of people loved him and then his last year he wasn't that great uh, there but I think it was because of the ineffectiveness at the quarterback position. Now nah, he he to me seemed like he's a he's a player. And then I loved uh, how about a rookie like, you talk about a rookie that delivered that hit, right? That shows the aggressiveness. That shows he believe. he like already feels he belongs in the league. That wasn't a rookie.
1: And that wasn't just an average linebacker he hit. That's The person no. he hit, Tony, is going to find him next year and deliver a similar type blow to him. You know that, right? And he probably you know knows cra- that, too.
0: You know what's crazy? It's like I never see, like, people. These guys got a lot of money. And I'm surprised that, like, he didn't show up at his house. <laughs> like, get on a plane and just punch him in the face and say, hey, get on your little bike tomorrow. <laughs> and, and deliver a blow to the head, right? I mean, I'm surprised we don't see that every once in a while.
1: It's very interesting you mentioned that. You would think Akeem Tlaib and Michael Crabtree both live in the Dallas area, and it's got yeah. you got to think they probably live in a small world. How do they not run into each other and get it going in the streets of Dallas?
0: Imagine if they met each other at like their kids' uh, friends' <laughs> birthday party, school birthday party, like the first grade birthday party for their kids.
1: That would be crazy, Tone. And they start, and they and they dropped, and they they throw hands right there in
0: front of the kids. Uh, that would be like Derek Fisher, the Knicks coach.
1: Yeah, exactly, very correct. Like Derek Fisher. <laughs> All right, so we got two more Tone, and they're both running backs with over fi- rookies with over fifty receptions.
0: Uh, running backs over fifty possessions. Who the hell didn't we name? That caught the ball fifty times last year. Um Jesus Christ almighty, though could it be. Um, I'm praying now. Oh, Kareem Hunt is definitely one.
1: Kareem Hunt comes in with fifty-three receptions. You have one more player to go, one more rookie with over fifty receptions this year, Tony.
0: No idea who that would be. It's
1: a guy we talked about earlier, Tariq Cohen.
0: See, I wouldn't I would. that's a, see that that gives you hope, right? Because it really he was does. In the, there were games where he just disappeared, and he still had 53 catches. Um, so I mean, look you, how many games, you,
1: like you said, how many games he just sat and didn't get no snaps.
0: Like, that's the craziest thing ever. When you think that he accumulated these numbers in that, that tells you if he gets a regular workload, he is definitely going to be uh, a guy that has some opportunity. He had games, uh, the first game of the year, he had three catches uh, in, I mean, six catches in that one in the first game. And then he didn't get six catches again until week. Uh, no, uh, I'm reading it backwards. He had eight, to eight catches in the first game, eight catches in the second game. Then he didn't have a six catches again until the final game of the year. So he just had a couple catches every game, and then he goes 50.
1: Can you imagine that, right? He was the guy that you were able to flex throughout a good part of the season.
0: Yeah, I paid a lot of fab money for him in one league, and it, and it worked really good um, for a while. And then I, then I get to the bye it, weeks, yeah. and, and you had to cut him because, you you, you know, you didn't have any it, yeah. bench. Cause during the because during the bye weeks
1: is when he wasn't getting enough snaps.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then that's what hurt me with him. But uh, he's a guy – When I that's how – I would have never guessed him had 50-plus 50, 50 catches No, that is, uh, but just because yeah. there were games where it disappeared.
1: Exactly, didn't feel like he was he was there So interesting to see, Tony He definitely did get the workload The guy they're bringing in, the offensive coordinator I can't think of his name right now And said that he wants to spread it out And get everybody, especially another back involved in that offense I do think this is a good thing for Kareem Hunt I mean, excuse me, for uh, Tariq Cohen He's a player I'm going to be in on Maybe we can keep that between ourselves
0: I'll tell you what, the Kareem Hunt thing's interesting because we talked about um, Tariq Cohen disappearing some games. He actually had some opportunities where he uh, did not deliver. And I think he could lose yards and he could lose touchdowns uh, in the um, Kansas City offense, but maybe he catches more passes out of the backfield.
1: And there, you, and there you go, right there. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh Tyreek Hill will be overdrafted. It's gonna be interesting to see if they put another somebody else on the opposite side of him, a more traditional wide receiver, but you can throw tradition out the window when you got a player like Tyreek Hill and you got Travis Kelsey man in the middle. But I'd be very, very wary of that second year quarterback and Pat Mahomes, who everybody's talking up, but it will be interesting to see how it plays out, Tone. So there you go right there, talking about these rookie these second these guys coming out of their rookie year going in for their second year.
0: I'm uh yeah, that Josh Freeman. I'll tell you what, he's another guy that I think people are in love with. And, I, and I'm like, i like, I don't understand why. It's a guy that, you know. Who well, you said, Tom? Okay. Josh Freeman, he's a quarterback I think people are going to love. Like, I think people will take him as a QB one at the end, you know. And in two QB leagues, he'll go early. And I don't understand why anyone would do that with a young quarterback.
1: Like, w- why not, though?
0: Well, if you look at the end of the first round, right? Kansas City's never had a great offense, right? And you would think that was with Alex Smith, a 10-year veteran, right?
1: But isn't the reason they brought Pat Mahomes in to expand the offense, to make the offense more uh, electric?
0: I mean, Alex Smith threw the ball downfield last year. I don't think they're going to – I really don't – I don't know. I don't see it. Like, I wouldn't go with a young kid like – you could get, like, I would take Matt Ryan uh, and a rebound year where people will drop him down the board. I've never been a Cam Newton guy, and I would probably take Cam Newton. I would definitely take Cam Newton over him.
1: Oh, I would definitely take Cam Newton over. Cam, you named two quarterbacks I'm going to be in on next year, Tone. Cam Newton and uh, and Matt Ryan. Those are two quarterbacks I like. I think you'll be able to. Cam Newton is still going to go where Cam Newton goes. He'll be one of the top six, seven backs off the board. People are going to forget about Matt Ryan. He's going to put up another nice season. With, with, uh, I don't want. He's going to put up a season more like the season he put up two years ago than his the, the Super Bowl year, more than he put up this year. I can almost guarantee you that.
0: Then you're going to have um – uh, James Winston dropped down. Uh, he, I would take him up there, too. So I just think there's better options down in that 8-12 to 12 range. Would you take Pat Mahone to Dak Prescott? Jeez, I would... Uh... If they had the current wide receiver situation in Dallas, I would, I'd probably take a shot at Mahomes.
1: Okay. you go with Mahomes in that I just situation. think they
0: run the ball too much in Dallas when everything's good. Yeah, the quarterback and, has to be very efficient to put up good fantasy. Yeah. Game, which I he mean, was doing
1: to start the season, Tone Dak was. And he was a lot. The year before, he was, too. Uh-huh.
0: I, I really think, that, I think the Dallas wide receiver situation hurt them last year. I think like, Dak took a lot of heat. But I think they need to get someone that can get some separation.
1: I think the injury to Bryce Butler was was is, was one of the most overrated things that happened to this team. I think the injury to Bryce Butler really hurt them because Bryce Butler had the ability to stretch the field, and that opened up other routes on the inside for guys like Jason Witten and Cole Beasley. When when uh, when Butler went out, Terrence Newman just wasn't. I mean Terrence Williams, excuse me, just wasn't getting it done.
0: No, uh, Terrence Williams is one of those guys. Uh, that's like it'd be a great guy to have on the bench as your third or fourth wide receiver, coming to make a play every now and then. But when you have to rely on him uh, to make big plays, it's He's, just he, not enough. He serves
1: the team. He serves the team better in the locker room than he does on the field. Mm. Is that is, is that is that a is that a compliment or a criticism right there?
0: I think it's a criticism. Uh, I, I I do too. I think like it is so crazy. Like if. You're not getting by on your physical ability, and yet you're a good guy in the locker room. It's also an indictment, probably, of the 52 other people on the team. Yeah, you probably be like, "Why can't everybody go like and give
1: you put in that work on the field and then be stand-up guys in the locker room?"
0: Yeah, it's not a good thing. Not a good thing. Uh, be it really, really interesting to see what they do in the first round of their draft. The Dallas Cowboys this season. I, I think you gotta you
1: gotta think they go defense, right? But I've, they have been rumored to be very interested in. Uh, I can't think with. It might be Oklahoma wide receiver. It might be Oklahoma guy James Washington.
0: James Washington. Yeah, I'll but then I,
1: I don't. I don't think he's going to be there.
0: I could see Jerry Jerry trying to pick a wide receiver and moving up in the draft.
1: You go up to get uh, Calvin Ridley.
0: I could see that happening. I mean, Jerry likes to make a splash. He likes to
1: make a splash. You know that for sure. He he wants everybody talking about his Cowboys, especially with the draft being at AT AT&T Stadium this year. Uh, It's going to be uh, Roger Goodell is going to step to that podium with ninety thousand Dallas Cowboy fans getting ready to boo
0: them for stealing. Oh yeah, yeah! You guys get to treat Roger like the Patriots fans did after Tom Brady when we won the Super Bowl. Exactly. Now you get the draft, and you get the Ezekiel Elliott.
1: Exactly. Looking forward to that uh, tone, because he, the commissioner, is going to get a mouthful when he goes to the podium in Big D.
0: That's going to be very interesting. He's probably regretting putting that thing in Dallas.
1: <laughs> he better have hotel. At his, he better have security at his hotel tone.
0: He's staying in Oklahoma.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you think he's going to make the trip back and forth? Huh? Yep. Yeah, I think he can uh, get out of there.
0: Yeah, he he did stay in New England too long. That uh, uh, a couple times, but then they uh, it seems like uh, they've mended fences. All
1: right, fantasy football frenzy, FNTSY radio. There is zero off season. Fantasy executive and the fantasy shamer Tony Sincotta, having a good time talking with you. Make sure you keep it locked every weekday. Still hear some fancy football on the network as we get people prepared for the 2018 fantasy baseball season. Make sure you go pick up that Roto-Experts exclusive edge fantasy baseball package available now. For Tony Sincott, I'm Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. The Frenzy's out.